From August 26th to August 30th, Flashpoint's Pop Flash Tournament finished up the Ignition Series, Valorant's first dive into professional esports. Eight teams were invited, T1 Esports, Dignitas, Envy, Cloud9, Gen.G, Immortals, TSM, and Sentinels. Going into the tournament, Sentinels and TSM were the favorites, riding off the back of their rivalry from previous tournaments. TSM won the first tournament of the North American Ignition Series, and the two teams traded victories again, leading up to the final event, Pop Flash. Welcome to the No Camping Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Sean. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Valorant's Flashpoint Tournament. So, let's kick it off with TSM. Everyone's talking about TSM. TSM, who had won previous tournaments in the past, comes out with a disappointing loss in this tournament, being tied for 5th and 6th place. In the double elimination bracket, TSM faced Dignitas twice and lost both of their games. Yeah, that was definitely a very big upset coming out from the new roster, which was just picked up from the old homeless roster, which basically at the time was considered a group of randoms that decided to play together. You have to give credit to Dignitas. They came out of nowhere and performed very well in this tournament against TSM. It seemed that throughout all the matches, they did their homework on TSM and they were able to counter their strategies very well. Yeah, TSM really underperformed in just in every way possible. They just weren't they weren't executing well they weren't doing things like the way they should have been they were trying too hard to stick to their strats and you know it kind of came back to bite them in the back later on and a lot of people were actually talking about cutler underperforming how like he has just this common theme of being inconsistent but you know sometimes you kind of got to give cutler some credit though he is the cypher player and there's really not much he can do on support, especially on defense. He's the first line of defense when it comes to fending off these pushes from the the opposing team. So he kind of just has to hold his own with maybe one or two other people there if he's lucky. Like if Hayes is with him, you know, he might be lucky and he might have another person there to support him. So, you know, Cutler... Of course, you know, he's bottom, like, pretty much bottom fragged every single round of the entire tournament, but it's part of what he had to do. I mean, I totally agree. Cutler, although Cutler bottom fragged and didn't perform as well as some of his counterparts like Wardell and Sabroza, he definitely played somewhat inconsistent during the entire tournament. But don't let the KD fool you because he had tons of assists. I'm pretty sure he led the entire team in assists for the entire tournament. Yeah, and yeah, especially like going back to that one time where there was an actually a caster who was, uh, I think it was in the the phase invitational that was roasting Cutler for top fragging in one of the games. It's just like Wardell came back and said, you know, Cutler, he's just not in like a, a position to frag most of the time. He's not like Wardell on Jet or Sabroza on Phoenix, you know, or even Drone sometimes on Sova doing making the entries. Like we shouldn't really be hating on Cutler for trying to do his job. Because he, he, in the end, he did his job as the teammate. And it was just that I feel like their loss wasn't really Cutler's fault. Of course, Cutler had some contribution, but so did everyone else. Because as we did see, Sabrosa did pull a J.R. Smith in a very important uh, round in their elimination game. So Yeah, I think that play pretty much sums up TSM's tournament entirely. The entire team just played very inconsistently. After the first loss to Dignitas in a post-game interview, Wardell said that their team didn't get enough sleep, and it was an early morning game, and that's why they didn't play well. Um, but they they uh, got some sleep that night, woke up the next morning, and lost to Dignitas again, where um, 
Subroza pulled that play where he killed the second to last player alive and didn't realize that there was still one more around and that's how they lost the game. Definitely. It was very unfortunate. It's it's hard to see TSM go in a way like this, especially um, to a very new team like Dignitas, but it happens and you have upsets in every sport and uh, TSM, you know, I think it just might be time for them to go back to the drawing board to find some new strategies because it seems like Dignitas has found the ins and outs of everything they do. I mean, especially for TSM, but in their other matches against C9, they got absolutely destroyed. It seems that Tense just carries way too hard against Dignitas and the Cloud9 team in general. Yeah, Dignitas really did underperform against many of the other teams though so it it was probably a case of them over like preparing for tsm and just not preparing enough for any of the other teams especially that 13-0 on split was very very um strange to see a team that just absolutely destroyed the supposedly the best team in north america to lose to a team that didn't even reach finals in earlier tournaments 13-0 on their own map pick i mean dignitas definitely did their homework against tsm but i feel like yeah i agree they under they underprepared and underperformed against other other teams but dignitas they they're a very good team they have very good players and it seems that they had very good strategies to counter tsm but some of the individual plays that they make are very strange and sometimes they seem like unpolished and i feel like with a with more practice and more experience in these tournaments, Dignitas has the potential to be one of the premier teams in North America. I mean, a lot of the problems that I did see what happened with Dignitas, a lot of the times it seemed like they were not extremely coordinated. It could be possibly because they are a newer roster, especially they were pl- because they were playing with a sub. A lot of them were underperforming for for what they should have been, like in many of the other games. But, you know, it's good for them that they were able to beat TSM. That's honestly a great achievement in and it of itself. So even if they didn't win the tournament, even if they did underperform against many of the other teams, they definitely did do, do their homework and they showed that they have the capability and they have the, the ability to become one of the best teams in North America. Let's talk about the absolutely dominant performance by Sentinels in this tournament, only dropping one map in the entire tournament to Cloud9 in the upper final. Sentinels really played, they, they honestly played their best in this tournament, especially with Sinatra doing all the plays that he did. Even pulling out the Odin at times, which is generally seen as not the play, especially because the Odin is so expensive for uh, the amount of damage that it does and gun in and of itself. But, you know, Sinatra, probably, definitely the MVP for um, for Sentinels, as he did make a ton of plays that were game-winning, round-winning. But I think what, one of the people that we actually slept on was uh, Shazam. You know, Shazam, he wasn't really showing up on too many of the maps, but... He was doing everything that he needed to do, and he was hitting his off shots most of the time. So he was definitely, like, everyone was praising Sinatra for doing all of his work, but I think that Shazam, without Shazam, Sinatra probably would not have been able to pull off many of the plays that he did, especially with Sin- with Shazam on the Sova on the maps that they did win. That's very true. And one thing about Sentinels is, is that all of their players are very capable and very good. They don't have to rely on... For example, tens on C9 to do all the heavy lifting. They can pretty much rely on anybody. Sinatra, Shazam, Dapper, anybody they need. And their executes on the sites are so coordinated and so fast that they always get the site every single time. And then it's just a game of whether they can hold the site or not, which they have the advantage in. Yes, for sure. And also another one uh, for sure was Zoms. Zoms, he he pulled off all those clutch scenarios against C9 and like especially on all the maps that they did win and he was 
the last player alive in many of the rounds on split which was the singular map that they lost to c9 in this entire tournament i think that if we were to give an mvp for clutching for this entire tournament it would definitely be zoms that takes that mvp spot i think it's fair to say that throughout the entire tournament sentinels was the best team not only shown by their score but how they played in the tournament and from all the individual performances by the players. Yeah, just their consistency, the the individual performances, as you said, you know, like everything. Every, Sentinels pretty much just did everything right. I think one of the most interesting things to come out of this tournament are the different storylines. For example, all the Twitter banter from the Sentinels Twitter account with TSM and Dignitas, and most importantly, TSM Myth, who is the self-proclaimed coach of the TSM roster. Yeah, that was definitely some... Uh, very interesting and that was pretty funny too myth did end up banning or not banning myth did end up blocking both the dignitas and the sentinels account due to the tweets that they sent after they beat tsm and one thing i love about esports is that if this were regular sports some kind of trash talking over the internet like this is could be considered somewhat unprofessional because of the nature of esports and the entire gaming community this is just like banter and it's really funny and entertaining I mean, well, everyone is, like, kind of talking down on TSM for underperforming, but, you know, I think the real underperformers here was, was T1. They were nowhere to be seen. I mean... You know, they were supposed to be the best team in the entire game, but, you know, where were they in this tournament? I mean, honestly, I think an underperformance from T1 was to be expected. Um, at, the be- at the very beginning of Valorant Esports, they were expected to be one of the best teams having many premier former CSGO players who would transfer their skills from CSGO to Valorant. But with some internal issues for T1, for example, their opera Skadoodle, as well as some underperformances in other tournaments, I don't think it's a surprise that they were eliminated very early in the tournament. Skadoodle did announce that he would be leaving T1 on June 3rd, which was long before the tournament, obviously. But, you know, he said he will be back with T1 when the time is right, so... He said he's going to be practicing with other teams to try and stay sharp and stuff. And Skadoodle, one of the premier offers back in the Counter-Strike days, especially he was the one that played with the 2015 Counter-Strike team or the 2014 Counter-Strike team with Shroud and Nothing and Automatic, the ones that won the first major for NA, actually. So Yeah, and uh, in conclusion, I think that this has been one of the more interesting tournaments of the Ignition series, wrapping up the first competitive series that Valorant has held and I'm looking forward to see what other competitive endeavors Valorant will have in the future and all the different storylines and teams and champions. Anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the No Camping Podcast. This has been Sean and David signing off today from Scott Center, wishing you all an amazing day. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you guys in the next one. And remember, stay out of the fire. Super high level tactic. Remember that